Hi, friends, and welcome back to the Period Chats podcast. On this podcast, we examine how the period stigma, along with various other stigmas, have impacted women administrators' health throughout the years. My name is Kate, and I'll be your host, along with many other amazing guests. I'm a registered dietitian with a master's degree in human clinical nutrition. I'm also the founder of Funkit Wellness, a menstrual health company. So if you're ready to learn more about yourself, your cycle, and the world, tune in and let us know what you think. This podcast is brought to you by Funkit Wellness. Check out their seed cycling kits on www.funkitwellness.com. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Period Chats podcast. I'm really excited about our episode today. We have Letitia here and she is an awesome friend that I've made just through this beautiful virtual community of hormone health. Um, She is a PCOS coach. She's also back in school to be a dietitian. She's a mom. She's a nutrition coach. She's doing all these amazing things. And I'm very excited to have you here today. And today we're going to be covering, it's going to be a little different. The first half of our episode is going to be some tangible pillars for PCOS of things you can take away and implement into your life. And the second half is going to be us brainstorming how we can actually eat healthy with a busy schedule, because we were just talking before we hit record that, you know, we've both as nutrition professionals been really struggling this past year to find balance. So it's going to be a little different, but I'm excited. So I'm going to turn it over and let Letitia introduce herself. Tell us all about you, what you're up to, and we will dive in. Hi, I am so excited um, to be recording this episode with you. And I love uh, our little progression of what we are talking about today. <laughs> it was truly organic, which just means it's going to be a great episode. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm Letitia. I am a functional health uh, coach and nutritionist currently working at Nutrition Dynamic. Um, I've been a registered health coach for roughly three years now. But before that, I have been a licensed nurse. So I have pretty much worked in healthcare my, my whole adult life. Um, but, uh, thanks to my own PCOS battles, um, at my lowest point when I was my unhealthiest and PCOS was really kicking my butt for lack of better words, I started learning and experiencing that the medical community wasn't really helping me like I needed. And I was getting dismissed and overlooked and the fitness community was just making me more and more sick. And what that was doing to me was making things worse. And I mean, I don't even want to get started on the diet industry because that's just ruined all of us but so it was like what do you do like where do you turn you know there has to be something I was so miserable in my body at the time and I started like looking more into the holistic side of things integrative naturopathic functional medicine and ironically enough three years ago I became a client where I work now and uh, never expected the universe to align to actually be an employee there but they took a very functional approach to my PCOS. And at that same time, I was obviously like really educating myself, like what is PCOS? Because I, like a lot of people lived with it for years, didn't know anything. I was not educated, um, just knew, hey, this is why I don't have a cycle and why I struggle with my weight and just chalked it up to that. But you know, as I dove into like the research and the studies and the things that I was learning, 
it was all of the things that were not being told. It's like, like the literal opposite, like, oh, you know, you need to get more sleep, but we live in a culture that basically gives you a badge of honor for running on empty all the time and not sleeping, you know? So it was like, what? I need to be sleeping more? Like that's insane. And then, oh, you need to worry about your blood sugar. Well, even as a nurse, I could think, well, I'm not diabetic. Why do I have to worry about that? And it's like, no, it's super important. It literally drives everything when it came to my PCOS. And I was so unmanaged at that point in time, even though I had lost a hundred pounds and was super lean and muscular and all of that. So it was just like so many things. I was, I was exercising too much before that. I didn't even know that that was possible because I always lived this life of, oh, well, you have PCOS. You're going to have to work twice as hard. Oh, you're not seeing results. That means you need to do two a day. You need to do more cardio. So everything up to that point, this beautiful, perfect storm that caused my PCOS to just really shut my body down for a lack of better words. With everything that the medical community told me to do, the fitness industry told me, and the diet industry just told me. But then when I started looking at it more in depth, it was like, oh, so basically the opposite of what I've been told my whole life is actually what works. And I started finding healing. My period came back. My body improved. My energy improved. Sleep miraculously improved. And I just, you know, like I couldn't sit back on that. And I think that's whenever I realized, like, I, I, I don't want to be a nurse anymore. I, I want to help people who are like me come out of the trenches or maybe prevent them from getting to that point. And it has just been this beautiful journey ever since. Like, it's crazy how much, like, that whole experience, I never would have imagined I'd be here today, I guess it's <laughs> I never imagined I, I would be here. And, you know, I, I, I got to one point, I went to an event, um, a PCOS symposium, and there were a lot of like world known PCOS specializing dietitians. And with the information I was learning, I realized like how much nutrition is crucial to PCOS. And I remember coming home from that trip and just looking at my husband and was like, you know what, I'm going to be a dietitian. I think I think I want to go back to school. And so that's where I'm at now. I feel like that was a lot of words to kind of explain <laughs> who, who I am and, and how I got here. <laughs> I love that though, because I think it's so important to understand the why behind, especially yeah. in the hormone community, like why we do what we do. And it, it gives me chills and makes me a little emotional when you tell your story, because it's interesting. Like it's so hard that like the medical community and the diet community and the fitness community, like it's something I've commonly seen. And, you know, it's interesting because PCOS has become something I'm really passionate about. I don't have it. I have actually a lot of friends who have it. And I also get super frustrated with the dismissal that happens around it and yeah. the lack of good information. So like when I'm hearing you tell your story, I'm like, oh my goodness. Like, it's amazing that you took that and you weeded through all the lack of a better word BS to find what's actually true and what works. And now you've turned it into your career. That's truly amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And like, honestly, it's so funny because whenever I first initially talked to, well, and when I first started thinking about getting into like more of the fitness industry, I wanted to, to be a personal trainer. And we live in such a rural area that my husband like never supported that. He was like, no, like you, you're, you're not going to be able to make a career out of that, like where we live and such and such. And then it, it kind of 
like in the middle of, of getting my education at the personal trainer, I just kind of switched over and was like, I think I really care more about like holistic nutrition and like the, the lifestyle and like how it impacts like your guts, your hormones. Like I wanted to get in, like I was already getting into functional medicine before I realized it. And then when that clicked and it was a no brainer to, to swap careers, but I still did not want to be a quote unquote PCOS coach. I had this idea in my head that there were already people out there that did that. I'm not going to be one of those people, but you know what? Like the universe uh, put me in my place and was like, no, <laughs> these are your people. This is what you're specializing in. This is what you're good at. I need you to stay here. And then I finally just owned it. And it's been beautiful ever since. <laughs> Isn't it funny how that happens? Like it is. <laughs> I was the same way. I was like, I had worked at so many like startups and I was like, I am never going to have my own startup. It's too stressful. I just want to go to a job and clock in nine to five and go home. And then the universe told me, oh what no, you, now? you can't do that. You have to go do all these other things, but I'm glad that it brought us together and we're here. So yeah. tell me you, we were talking about this before. Um, we're talking mm -hmm. about how it's awesome to learn, but it can be really hard to find like actionable things. Yes. So like I learned all this information. Now, what do I do with it? And you right. brought up that there's kind of three pillars you've been, you've really honed in on over the last yeah. couple of years. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I really think that I kind of came to this after the quote unquote PCOS type became such a huge topic for conversation. And I don't know if, if you've ever discussed that before, but anytime that topic comes up, like everybody's ears perk up and their eyes get really wide and they're like, what? There are types of PCOS. Nobody ever told me this. And um, I don't want to misspeak, but I think uh, if you ever read the book, The Period Repair Manual by Dr. Laura Bryden, she does a really great flow chart of kind of like investigating, like what is that root driver to your PCOS? And what, what she talked about in that book was, you know, there, there's, there's, something that's causing you to have like anovulatory cycles or causing you to have those excess androgens. And it kind of came down to insulin resistance, um, whether you were on birth control, inflammation and adrenals. But anytime that that conversation ever came up, people get so confused, right? And it's so like, so common. And the reason why you get confused is because, well, they all tangle up and intertwine and connect to each other, you know, with the exception of like the birth control, um, birth control, or even steroids, like in the PCOS community, if you don't have PCOS and then you do take a synthetic hormone that, you know, shuts off your, your natural flow of hormones and, you know, possibly are on that for a long period of time. When you come off of that quote unquote medication, whichever one it is for you, you can exhibit PCOS, but it's not like your classic true PCOS, like someone like me who has insulin resistant, uh, very phenotype A PCOS. You know, it, it can actually be resolved where the, the remaining of us, you know, it's a lifelong endocrine disorder, which sounds really crappy, um, but it's super manageable. And that's the reason why I was like, okay. I think we're focusing so much on those drivers, which is important because if you figure out that you have insulin resistance, you have literally just unlocked a huge key to managing your PCOS. But what I was finding is most of my clients do have insulin resistance. Most people with PCOS have insulin, insulin resistance. So 
when you tackle insulin resistance, you also have to worry about inflammation and you also have to worry about your stress or your adrenals. And so I'm like, well, you still have to do the same treatment options in a way, in some form, fashion or another that the inflammation driver would do and that the adrenal driver would do. And then I started looking at the inflammation and I was like, well, what are the ways that we can manage inflammation? It's to manage our stress and make sure that your blood sugar is managed. And it's like back again, you're still kind of tackling all three things. And then same thing with the adrenals, you know, cortisol, that stress hormone, one of its big jobs is managing blood sugar. And then, you know, inflammation causes our adrenals to be stressed out. So I just kind of like step back and I'm like, wait a minute, no matter what, you're going to have to tackle three main things. And that's insulin, inflammation, and adrenals. And I was actually talking to a dear friend of mine who's been a PCOS specializing dietitian for like 20 years before insulin resistance really became a topic of conversation. And she agreed, like we kind of were talking about it and was like, you know, the treatment options don't really vary, but it's because those things intertwine so much. So Yes, I think it's great to investigate those, start with insulin resistance, really hone in on that. But at the end of the day, what do you need to do to kind of manage your PCOS? So we can talk about some like practical things to do to like manage those three different areas. And I think probably insulin resistance is probably the best one to kind of jump into. And of course, I could go in super in depth here, but let's just keep it simple. I'm going to just assume you know, if you're listening to this, like maybe you're just getting started or you're just kind of like learning about your PCOS, depending on where you're at with your journey. When it comes to nutrition, if you go to Dr. Google, oh my goodness, and I'm sure you feel the same way, right? Like you, you're going to get told that you have to do keto. You have to do intermittent fasting. You have to do, um, you know, a low carb diet and high protein. And there's just all of these like major misconceptions. I think that those diets have a definite place in this world and they could be great for some people given the circumstances but let's just keep it simple and managing your blood sugar is making sure that your meals consist of good lean sources of protein so if you eat animal protein that could be poultry that could be fish seafood you know uh, possibly some red meat and and pork here and there if you're plant-based you know legumes tofu those types of things can be really helpful but pair it with some fiber and some healthy fat. So whenever I say fiber, people, um, I'm trying, actually, I'm doing like an active trying to call it fiber more than carbs because carbs have gotten so many people, you know, uh, scared. And when you hear carbs, I've, I've started asking people, like when I say the word carbs, what do you think of? And I would get things like bread and potato chips and potatoes and pasta, fries and things like that. And I'm like, okay. That's not wrong, but when I say carbs as like a nutrition professional, when I say it, I think of vegetables, grains, fruit, and those types of things. So maybe if I, as the professional, change my verbiage to fiber, that can help, you know, you think of like, oh, she's talking about fruits, vegetables, grains, and so on. Have you noticed that as well? I was just going to say, I want to butt in and be like, that is exactly what I have done is I have changed how I say it because you're right. When people hear carb, first off, it's triggering. It's fear triggering, especially when I'm working with people who have PCOS because they've been told they can't have these things. hundred percent. And then I asked actually, you know, during the pandemic, I was doing a lot of like, I mean, education on like carbs, fat, protein, all these things. And I asked one of my friends, it was a guy, but I was like, what do you think? 
fiber is. And mm-hmm. he was like, it's like a supplement that you eat to go to the bathroom. And I'm like, it does help you go to the bathroom, but fiber is actually in whole grains, veggies, fruits. Like, and so I think it's really important as nutrition professionals that we define what we're talking about and we change our language around it. So yes, just echoing everything you just said. I, yeah. Yeah. I think that that's been really helpful. I mean, I still use them interchangeably, but it's something that I'm actively like trying to like change the way that I talk about it. So, you know, we've already built out a large portion of our plate here. You know, half of it's probably going to be grain and vegetables and then you got your good um lean protein and then now we want some healthy fats and fats are amazing because uh they don't impact your blood sugar they can help slow down the absorption of glucose so i feel like a lot of times like we totally overlook that one um but as far as like your lower inflammatory fats you're looking at avocados nuts seeds olive oil um those types of things versus some of your like you know really inflammatory um you know oils that are used in like fried foods, um, peanut oil, canola oil, those types of things. I mean, they're fine, I'm sure in limited amounts, but on a daily basis. So if you just build out, I call that the complete three method. So you're just, you have your fiber, you have your fat and you have your protein. That's your meal right there. It can be so easy and so simple. You're not counting point calories or nothing like that. Like you're just making sure that you have a really well-balanced meal. And I've noticed that a lot of times when people do that, it also kind of alleviates your stress around food, but it, it helps manage your blood sugar. And so that can help manage insulin resistance. And then like, if you're not wanting to get into like you know, really detailed, just eat those three meals a day and then do the same with the snack if you need it and you get hungry. I usually tell people try not to go over four hours without eating, which within a typical, if, if you give a 12 hour a day, that, that shouldn't be difficult to accomplish. Super easy. Like that would be probably my first suggestion. Um, do you, and then do you, do you disagree or anything? Do you have anything to add to that? Would you say, yeah. I think that's great. I mean, I am the same, like I really try to focus on balancing our plate and fat fiber and healthy fat or healthy fats, fiber and protein Mm -hmm. versus macro countering calorie counting, because I think that it's actually a lot more achievable for the long term. When you learn the fundamentals of like, oh, this is what a balanced plate looks like. You're not on a diet. You're living a lifestyle. You're educated and empowered to make your own food choices. Um, Mm -hmm. I totally agree with it. And And you can dine out doing it. Like, I feel like that's so much easier. So, you know, when clients come to me, like part of my job, and I know you do this as well, like, you know, I could have a client that comes to me that probably has a lot of functional health issues that need to be tackled. And like, obviously I, the practitioner, you know, I want to dive in and like do all of these like really detailed nitty gritty things, but then you start working and you realize, oh no, this is really overwhelming. Like we need to step back and kind of like reevaluate our goals and our expectations and take it really slow and kind of go with that more like less stressful, relaxed thing. Um, when it comes to nutrition, like just make sure you have the complete three, you're eating, you know, three round meals a day, try not to go really long periods of time without a meal. Don't skip breakfast. And then just focus on that. And it does work a lot better for some people. And they're, they're already, they're already beginning to that healing process because they're managing their blood sugar doing so. Um, I will say skipping breakfast tends to be something I see a lot. And I don't, I think, I don't necessarily feel like it's just people with PCOS. I feel like that's just people in general, you know, we have really busy lifestyles now. So I don't think that's PCOS specific, 
But I would say nine out of the 10 people that come to me don't eat breakfast. So I, I would say start with that because with insulin resistance or any uh, blood sugar management, you don't want to start your day without eating it's one it's just going to jack up your blood sugar later on and you're going to get so hungry that you're not going to care what you eat and a lot of times you're going to reach for those really carb or sugar dense you know processed foods and things like that because they're quick and your body that's your body's way of saying hey feed me I'm hungry you haven't gave me any energy sources and now I want it and you just someone with PCOS by the time that you hit that point like there's just no turning back I'm sorry <laughs> you're you're gonna swing into Taco Bell you're gonna grab whatever it is that you can get your hands on at that point <laughs> I totally agree. Breakfast is something that I'm like constantly. And like, I think it's also reframing. Like a lot of people think I don't want to sit down and have eggs and pancakes and toast. And like breakfast can be simple. It can be like a handful of nuts and a piece of fruit, or it can be a piece of toast with peanut butter. Like it can be whatever you want it to be, but it is important because also what else do we reach for in the morning? Coffee, tea, caffeine. And then we start revving up our um, cortisol and our adrenals because we're just like, having caffeine on an empty, that is my biggest pushback. I get it. I'm not giving up my coffee. I'm like, I'm not asking you to give up your coffee. I'm asking you to eat a snack with your coffee. Yeah. Oh, okay. I can do that. I can do that. (laughs) Yeah, no, I, I love that. And I'm such a coffee lover. Like anytime that I have a client that's like, so like, we really need to focus on like calming down on adrenals. I'm like, Hey, I may pull caffeine out for a little bit, but I promise you, I will bring it back because I would not appreciate if somebody took it away from me forever too. So I totally get that. But yeah, like, let's just have a little bit of breakfast. I know for breakfast, um, green smoothies sometimes are a little bit easier for people that don't, don't eat breakfast a lot because you can quickly do it. You can throw in plenty of fiber, plenty of fat, your protein and, and take it on the go. Um, I, I am a huge fan of like the sourdough avocados and eggs but you know another thing too like if you have roasted chicken and uh you know vegetables and some grains left over from dinner like there's no rule saying that you can't have that for breakfast too so like you could totally do that and then lunch just to give some ideas of like well-rounded you know, fiber, fat, and protein. Um, you know, of course we could always go the salad route because you'd have plenty of fiber and you have, um, you know, a protein source, whether that's legumes or chicken or whatever that animal protein is. And then you can use like an olive oil based dressing and then boom, you've got it all covered. Um, and I always feel like, and this is probably back from my more like fitness bodybuilding days, but like chicken, broccoli, and brown rice, that meal right there is a staple for me and I can't get away from it. It's a very quote unquote bro meal, but like it is so balanced. It's got fiber. (laughs) It's got the protein. I drizzle a little bit of like olive oil and like lemon on the broccoli and it's everything that I need to go. And then dinner's honestly the same. And if you go out to a restaurant, which I know a lot of people people do you can easily you go to a steakhouse pick your protein and get the veggies on the side typically they're probably going to put butter on it it's got fat already or you can ask for butter on the side if you want to control it um you you know go into like mexican restaurants fajitas i mean it comes with a little bit of rice you've got your veggies you've got your protein i'm like it's so easy to be able to do that it's not as complicated as we probably are told that it's going to be And I think it's really important that like, we are realistic. Like this is like something like I'm getting very frustrated with social media right now because it's building out these elaborate, it's making this seem harder than it is like eating Mm -hmm. for your blood sugar. And so I know that's something at Funkit we really try to focus on is like, 
how do we make things attainable, like a no BS approach to wellness and something you can actually do in your daily life? Because it's great if you could spend your whole day focusing on what you eat, as we mentioned in the beginning, that's Mm -hmm. not the case for 99% of people. Yeah. Yeah, a hundred percent. So once you get the nutrition down, like honestly, that is going to help so much with managing your blood sugar. The next thing I know a lot of people um, are always like talking about movement, like what's the best exercise and it all works. I don't, it, it all works. It just greatly depends on you and your body's needs and what you enjoy. So if you're doing an exercise that you don't enjoy, I hate to tell you, but you need to break up with it because you're not going to keep it up. But um, there are some exercises that you may enjoy that don't really serve your body well in this season. So um, I'm just going to use, for example, I'm not, I'm not picking on it by no means, but um, I know some people really love uh, Orange Theory or CrossFit, these like more higher intensity workouts. But if you have, if you're doing that and you have a history of dieting, chronic uh, under eating, you live a really stressful lifestyle, you know, maybe you have a stressful job, you're like me, I was a nurse or, you know, teachers, police officers, like those types of things where you just can't get away from stress and you're not sleeping well, you're staying up to watch Netflix, you know, because that's what actually gets you to calm down. The last thing you really need to be doing is slamming your body into the ground with a really intense workout. It may work for you in the beginning, but it's going to turn around and bite you in the butt later on. And so with that just being said, your workouts really need to be individualized to you, your life, your body, what your life looks like right then. I I feel like it needs to be the opposite. So if you live a really stressful lifestyle, then your workouts need to be pretty low intensity. If life is going pretty groovy, then hey, you may be able to boost that intensity up just a little bit. Make sure that you're recovering really good afterwards. You're going to be able to tell if you're doing a workout and your energy is just zonked for the rest of the day, then you need to start looking at, at holding back a little bit. But there have been studies done on different movements. HIIT training, um, you'll hear different things about it. But according to the study, for some people with PCOS, it can definitely help. For some people, it could hurt. So back to individuality. Weight training, resistance training is super beneficial for insulin resistance and managing that. Um, But hey, if you hate weightlifting, don't do it. Um, yoga also, a lot of people don't think about yoga as an option for managing your blood sugar, but it can be really helpful. Um, and one of the things that I feel is super duper underrated is just old fashioned walking, like just go for a walk. (laughs) I am so glad you said that because that's like the only thing I was going to add is like, and I can speak from experience. I was addicted to long distance running. Mm Mm-hmm. And I had to break up with it in my hormone journey because it was not serving my body. So now I do long distance walking and it's really fun. And it's actually really great for blood sugar balance. If you go for a walk after dinner, Mm -hmm. Um, there's a lot of research that shows it's really beneficial for blood sugar balance. Yes. I I love it. I usually ask my clients to do like two 20 minute walks a day, or if they needed to do less on their time schedule, that's fine. But I love like giving yourself a couple of times in the day where you break up your day to do some mindful movement. And it's like, 
yes, you're getting in movement. Yes, you know, obviously you're going to burn some calories. That's not really what I'm concerned about, but like it helps with your stress levels. And especially if you're doing it outside and getting in, in near green and blue spaces, like, oh my goodness, like there are so many parasympathetic benefits that are just beyond. And I don't, I don't know why we don't, I, I literally had someone recently tell me they don't feel like it's enough. And so that's just, I'm going to chalk up to this grind culture that we have in front of us with social media right now is people do not believe that walking is beneficial and we're just gonna have to start bringing it back and talking about it. It's so good. Um, but that kind of brings up another one that I think is super huge. Um, it's sleep. That's another underdog, sleep. If you're not getting good quality seven to nine hours of sleep and most people aren't, then your blood sugars are going to not be as managed as they could be. And actually a lot of my clients, if they have a higher fasted blood sugar, which is um, without anything to eat, typically within 30 minutes from the time that they wake up, I can almost always ask like, did you sleep enough that night before? And they're like, oh no, I didn't. And I'm like, yeah, let's, let's go back, recheck it sleep a good nine hours if you can and see if it lowers and it usually does the trick. That's usually my first line of defense with fasted blood sugar. Do you, um, do you have an aura ring on? I do. Yeah, <laughs> I do too. So I was just thinking, it's really interesting. Sleep is something, um, I put off dealing with. <laughs> I did. And then I invested in an aura, which I'm not sponsored by aura ring, but if you were listening and you yes, want to sponsor me, me neither, <laughs> come on. Cause I love you. I, yeah. I do have some feedback on your temperature tracking feature, but we can talk about that later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I really, so I didn't understand just how important I knew it was important from a scientific right. level. I sleep well now for the first time, probably in my life. It mm -hmm. is life-changing. Like your it brain, is. it just, everything works so much better when you're really getting good quality sleep. Yeah. Yeah. It, so it's not even like just insulin, which insulin is a hormone, but it's like, if we're looking at, um, you know, if you're really struggling with other hormones with PCOS, whether it be your androgens, maybe you're struggling to conceive or whatever, like when you sleep is when the magic happens. <laughs> Like that's when your body restores and everything tries to balance out and like factory reset, I guess, for like a better word. And a lot of people like for me, um, I, I thought that I was getting good sleep, but I didn't realize like how many times I was actually like, I wasn't getting good REM sleep. And I still to this day struggle with like getting good deep sleep. And it's so crazy because whenever I can good get good deep sleep I wake up and I don't have as much stiffness in my body my mind is super clear I don't know if any of you ever struggle with brain fog but it's like oh like it's like this cloud lift and I am almost euphoric which for me I also struggle with ADHD and depression so for me that doesn't happen very often <laughs> to be like euphoric and I'm just like man it feels good I don't know if you uh, are on TikTok but if you watch the pug that decides whether it's a bone stay or not a have you seen that I you haven't seen that about? but I need to oh I God. love TikTok so I gotta go find oh, that on yeah. TikTok so, uh, I can't remember 
where the oh, well, you'll be able to. They have like three million followers. You can just type in Bone Day, and it's a cute little pug dog that like his owner every day. Like, okay, is it gonna be uh, a Bone Day or not? So if he picks the dog up and he's just like limp and can't like hold himself up, he's like, it's a no Bone Day, which <laughs> means like you need to rest, take care of yourself today, like take it easy. But if the dog has bones, then this is the day that you go out and you get them, Tiger. You know. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Sleep is amazing. And you know, what's really interesting. So with, um, the aura ring and, and I think Apple watch all these different sleep tracking mm-hmm. things do this. I was the same as you. I wasn't getting any REM sleep. I was right. getting plenty of hours of sleep. I was waking yeah. up a lot and I didn't know, um, I was not getting good REM sleep. And my partner actually, he had, he didn't have a restful night's sleep for like three months. Like he was like never restful. He actually went and got like some vitamin level testing done. He was iron deficient. Oh yeah. Yeah. So you can learn a lot from your sleep. I mean, it's just so interesting. And it's so underrated. It's just like our society for some reason doesn't talk about it um, in the way that it should. But um, so kind of just to recap on insulin resistance, like having your well-balanced meals, getting in some type of movement that you enjoy and that your body enjoys back and then sleep. Those are going to be three like main takeaways that I would recommend with that. Of course, there are supplements and medications and things like that, but that's so individual that you have to talk to your provider when it comes to that scenario. But moving into inflammation, um, something that I didn't realize until I started furthering my education as someone who does have insulin resistance, um, and has also struggled with my weight, my entire life, I didn't really understand like how insulin resistance could lead to inflammation and weight gain. And I always found it so interesting. So for a lot of people, if, if you don't understand how insulin resistance works, like your insulin just doesn't, um, function like it should. So the pancreas has to produce a lot more insulin to get the job done. And by the time that it took to actually complete the job, you probably have a little bit too much glucose sitting in your bloodstream um, to be used. And the only place that it has left to be stored once all your like liver, your uh, muscles have already stored everything up it just goes straight to your fat cells. So I think about like all of those years that I've struggled with my weight, I was not managing my insulin resistance. And how many of those times that literally every time that I was, you know, every day, I was literally just storing into my fat cells without the ability to like, utilize that. And then to learn that those fat cells we don't get rid of them. They just increase or decrease in size. That's how our body changes shape. And once they increase in size, they start leaking and your immune cells come in to clean up that leak and they release this inflammatory chemical. So that is a lot of the times. And I think that I'm not going to go down the rabbit hole of weight bias in uh, medical care, but it's like, Of course, you know, we talk about obesity, you hear about how obesity is connected to all of these different health conditions. But if you're obese, you're also carrying around excess inflammation. And we learn that inflammation is the underlying to pretty much every chronic health condition. And so it just like, really, for me, it started connecting the dots of like, wow, like for me to tackle inflammation, I really need to be able to manage my blood sugar. But there are other things that I can do as well, like eating lower inflammatory foods. So that can look different for everyone, but your top inflammatory foods, um, just off the top of my head are going to be things like 
sugar, dairy, gluten, processed foods, uh, inflammatory fats and oils, kind of like we talked about earlier, like your uh, fast foods and things like that. And when I say that, that doesn't mean you have to eliminate completely all of those things. I think people look at it very black and white. Um, if you can eliminate all of those things and you feel like you can enjoy your life and your body feels good and you have a full loving relationship with food, all the power to you, but most people can't do that. Um, and I think that for some reason, um, the PCOS community has kind of took those inflammatory foods just a little too far by just saying, oh, you can't have gluten, you can't have dairy, you can't have soy, you can't have sugar. And then no wonder people are like, well, what the crap can I have? <laughs> You're just taking away all of these things from me. And the, the unfortunate part is the studies just really haven't shown that everyone with PTOS really needs to give up those things. Is it probably a good idea to not consume sugar in large amounts every day? Yeah, probably, but that's the case for everyone, PCOS or not. Same thing with dairy. A lot of people struggle with dairy, PCOS or not. And when it, you look at the research, there's really only a connection between acne and PCOS and dairy. So, hey, if you struggle with acne, then you try eliminating dairy and it clears up. That might be a good tool for you to understand. A lot of my clients actually have found that we'll take it out for a little bit, see how they feel, bring it back in in small amounts. And they're like, hey, I can actually tolerate this just well. Or they can figure out like, okay, I can have like one serving a day and it doesn't bother me. So I can still have my yogurt or I can still have my cream and my coffee and I'm okay. But if I have it on everything, that's when I start seeing issues. So you kind of find your own personal threshold, which I think is amazing because you're not eliminating a food group for unnecessary reasons. Same thing with gluten. As of right now, we have no studies on gluten. There is a study currently being done. Um, but, and if it comes back and it says that we all have to avoid it I'll sing a different tune but until then it's just like you know of course if you have an allergy if you have celiac even Hashimoto sometimes that's really common with PCOS and you're working with a provider it's, it's, it's a good idea to, to, to possibly break up with, with gluten but a lot of people have uh, been able to consume gluten in limited amounts and find no ill effects but when you look at inflammatory foods, a lot of people want to know, well, what foods are inflammatory? Honestly, any food can be inflammatory in the right person. Yeah. <laughs> I was just about to say that is, yeah, it's really, and I love that you've touched on this so much throughout this episode is like, it's individual. And that's what I want people to start understanding. Intolerance testing can be a really, really amazing tool in these situations when we're talking about inflammation, because I'm allergic to shellfish. And I, it started out as like an intolerance actually and turned into anaphylactic allergy. It caused so much inflammation in my body that when I cut it out, it was crazy. I can't have apples. It's like these things, like those aren't inflammatory foods. They're actually foods that are really good for you usually, right. but in my body, they were inflammatory. So yeah. I love that you touched on that. Like it's so yeah. individual and why cut everything out if you don't have to? Right, exactly. And um, I, I, I feel like, like, I don't know if it's a mix between diet culture or, or the medical community. I don't know where we got to this point where we felt like, oh, the best treatment option is just to have you eliminate everything and, and how we thought that that was going to be practical. <laughs> you know, I heard someone say the other day in a, on the podcast, they were like, 
that's lazy medicine. It is. And I totally, that's the best way I've ever heard it put. It's lazy medicine. It is. It is. I will say I'm hearing that phrase go around a lot more often and, and all the power to it because people need to be called out on that. Um, cause it, it is, it's super lazy. Um, but you know, especially now, like being on the business side of it, I don't talk about this part publicly a whole lot. I can understand from a business standpoint, why you would want to market a black and white, straightforward, single solution. If I could sit here and say that I'm going to solve all of your problems with a gluten-free, dairy-free, sugar-free diet, then I have the solution. And that's what everyone with PCOS is looking for. That's not as, um, you know, that's a lot more sexy to hear than someone who is realistically like me, that's like, I don't know, it depends. It depends. It comes down to individuality. And then you're like, oh, that's work. I don't want to do that. I much rather just have the lady tell me exactly what to do and what not to do and go on about my life. <laughs> but if you're listening, that's like the person you should trust tells yeah. you it depends. Yeah. 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 It's, it's answering questions online are really fun sometimes because I'm just like, oh gosh, like this could, like my brain just starts like going in all these different directions. And then I'm like, but I don't know this about you. I don't know that about you. And it's like, I can't answer this. <laughs> I can just give you a best generic statement and, and tell you to talk to your provider. That's all I can do. <laughs> that is yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> so with inflammation, I definitely agree. It's very personalized. So does that tie in with adrenals, which I know is your third pillar? Yeah, it, it really does. Honestly, insulin and inflammation, because anytime that you have, um, well, let's just go back to the cortisol. We kind of talked about that earlier. Cortisol is used in glucose regulation, but you know, it's also an anti-inflammatory uh, hormone as well. So when it sees inflammation, it wants to, it wants to get rid of it. You know, it, cortisol gets a bad reputation, but gosh, like that's that hormone that's really taking care of you. Like it has your back, you know? And so anytime that you're, so if we just went down the chain here, you have insulin resistance, that's going to lead to inflammation. You have inflammation that's going to trigger cortisol, which is produced by the adrenals. And it's just stressing your body out. But let's look at just stress in general. I know a lot of times when I say the word stress, people think life stress, like, you know, marital issues, uh, financial, uh, maybe your work or trauma that you've experienced in your life. Those are, those are major stressors. Okay. There's no doubt about it, but there's also stress in other forms on the body, such as carrying around inflammation, not managing your blood sugar, not sleeping enough stresses your body out. If you have poor nutrition, that's stressing your body out. So if you're overtraining, that could be stressing your body out. Like, like there are so many different ways that the body can uh, perceive stress and the adrenals are just constantly in overdrive. And actually there was a study done and people with PCOS out of the gate tend to produce higher levels of cortisol than people without PCOS. So from the jump, you're kind of already at a stress state. And we also tend to have more oxidative stress, which is another great reason why not to get rid of fruits and vegetables, because that gives you your antioxidants to fight that. So going on a low carb diet is probably one of the worst things that you could do for your adrenals and like oxidative stress. Um, I know a lot of times people, well, and this actually even happened to me. I was, um, 
whenever I was really sick, I actually, uh, I hired like an IFBB pro trainer that I just knew was going to fix me. She talked about hormones all the time. So I just thought that that was going to be the best option. We did do some hormone testing and we found out that my cortisol was really low and my DHEAS was uh, also low. Knowing what I know now, that was because I was experiencing burnout. Like I have done press that gas pedal for far too long that now my body can't keep up with that demand anymore. And it was trying to preserve me to keep me alive because at the end of the day, that's all your body cares about. And I remember that coach, her method of fixing me was, oh, we need to make you do more HIIT training to try to boost your cortisol to make it go up. And that's what I did. And then she was like, uh, because I was gaining weight at the time, because my body was trying to preserve me, she put me on a low carb cycling diet and also put me on DHEAS, which is an androgen. I have PCOS. So before, like it got better at first because I'm sure because of that low caloric intake and then the high training. But then after like a month or two after that, I ballooned right back up, started having all these issues. Acne came back, hair fell back out. Like, like it, it, it just like, it totally flipped it all back over again. And knowing what I know now, I'm like, wow, like the, the last thing I needed was to do high intensity workouts. Like I needed to slow down. I needed to give my body time to recover and, and to take a break. I also needed lots of of nutrients, lots of fiber, lots of antioxidants and cutting out my carbs, my fiber was the worst thing that I could have done. And then also supplementing with, with a, an androgen based supplement for someone that already had high androgens. <laughs> that was the worst thing I could have done too. <laughs> it's, it's like you live, you now. learn, like you live, yeah, you that's learn. Why I do what I do now. <laughs> but so, you know, collectively looking at that, if we can kind of look at everything, cause I know your head could totally spin at this point, right? So if we could lame it down, let's look at nutrition, balance out your meals, three meals a day, snacks when you're hungry, don't go long periods without eating. So that means don't skip breakfast, get in some good movement for your body that you enjoy and that your body enjoys back. Look at your foods and, you know, uh, try to eat more lower inflammatory foods. And then those inflammatory foods may just be something that you limit from time to time. You know, it may be something that you don't have on a consistent basis. And then of course you could always work with a provider to discover, I'm sure you do um, food intolerance testing. We run the MRT testing and things like that. That can be really helpful. Um, looking at, you know, chemicals and stuff in your environment can be inflammatory too. I feel like that one can be really overwhelming. Something that I did was just slowly over time. Like if I had a cleaning product, I just replaced it with something that was less toxic. If I had a beauty product, I just, you know, whenever you run out, I didn't overhaul everything. And then looking at your adrenals, get in good quality sleep. Um, bring in something for stress management every day. And I know a lot of people was like, well, I can't get rid of stress. You probably can't get rid of your job. You probably can't immediately get rid of whatever it is that you feel is stressing you out, but you can add in something super small in your day. My biggest go-to is breath work because you breathe all day long anyways. But when you do some intentional uh, breath technique, you could do that in the car. 
on the way to work. And it takes up, it's not intrusive into your day at all. Um, Meditation, I think it's getting a little bit more popular now. And we have apps that can kind of walk you through that. And you could do like three minutes a day. It doesn't have to be yoga. It doesn't have to be meditation. I know there's some people that's like, look, I've tried, I gave it a shot. I don't like it. And we just look at what do you like? You know, if, if, getting a a bath a few times a week is is that feasible is that something you enjoy is taking your shoes off and putting your bare feet in the ground like you did when you were a kid is is that what we need to do journaling like whatever it is that really focuses on your parasympathetic um process which is essentially the break okay we live a very sympathetic gas pedal lifestyle you just need to be able to press the break. I actually had this conversation on a podcast recently about massages which is a great option too have you ever had a massage and you're like, when you leave the massage and you have that like, oh, feeling, you know, like you just feel really good. When's the last time that like you felt that way in your daily life? So try to find some kind of activity that's going to give you that, that feeling that you feel like really restored. So whatever that looks like for you within reason, obviously, if it's, if it's drinking a couple of bottles of wine, that might not be the best option, even though I totally understand, but <laughs> But within reason, um, for me, um, I, I read tarot. So like having a morning ritual for me where I light a candle and turn on music that I really enjoy. And then just spending some time with myself, um, regardless if you, how you feel about tarot. Like for me, it's learn. it's just a learning process about me. I'll, I'll get a card that makes me reflect on myself and my life and who I am as a person. And that little ritual there just gives fills my cup up and so find something like that um that can be super helpful mm-hmm. that is so amazing so yes yeah. yeah, that was a lot of information <laughs> we, no, we're only through like the first part <laughs> that was great and I was saying yeah. okay so we have that awesome that's really great because people can go back and be like okay this yes. is exactly how mm-hmm. I can take it into my day all these different things I want to spend now like the last five minutes let's brainstorm some food ideas because we both talked about like, we're both busy to be honest, like my eczema is flaring back up. My rosacea is coming back. I know that I've got inflammation in my body just based on those two things. So what's your go-to like, okay, you have to drive two hours there and back to school every day. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, what are you, what do you bring with you? Like, what do you pack? That has been the hardest thing. And I will say like, I'm still like in my learning curve with that. Okay. Um, One thing that has been super easy, and this is usually my go-to, but I make chicken salad out of rotisserie chicken that you can grab like at a Costco, Kroger, or wherever you grocery shop. Um, And I can just put like a avocado mayo in there, some green onions, pecans, grapes, and then throw it either in like a... um, a wrap or a salad, like on greens and things like that. Sometimes in some sourdough bread, depending if I have that at the moment. So I at least know like, Hey, I have my protein. I have some fiber. I have some, some fat. I got some grain. Like we're, we're good. Like I can do that. It's quick. It's easy. I don't have to cook. And like, that's what we were talking about before the show. It's like, you, you know, like 
I, I'm, I feel really bad now looking back. I definitely used to be the person that would say like, oh, you have no excuses. You just aren't prioritizing it. Or like we have 24 hours in the day. Like what's one hour to meal prep and yada, yada, yada. And uh, gosh, I, just, I wish I could go back and, and slap myself because like everybody's life is so Same. different. <laughs> Saying that is such a privileged phrase. <laughs> I look back at my early dietetics career and I'm just like, oh, oh my gosh. Like I yeah. did not fully understand what it was like to be busy almost all 24 hours of that yeah. day. And yeah. It is a privilege. You know what? I'm going to be completely honest with you. You know what actually has been working for me? And I have such mixed reviews actually sharing this out loud. You know, you uh -huh. get that like food guilt, a little like nutrition yeah. guilt. I found these organic frozen burritos that actually have a really yeah. clean ingredient list. They're not high in sodium. They have a really clean ingredient list. They're gluten-free, dairy-free. They're actually really good. I've been keeping those in the freezer at the office because I'm like, you know what? If nothing else, if I don't have time to cook, it has like, you have it's that. balanced. Yeah. It is a good amount of calories that I can eat. Like it's interesting. Like I would have never recommended that to someone three years ago. And now I'm like, actually, that's a great choice for me. At the it moment. has ever. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. Um, that has definitely been something else that I've had to like, I, as much as I'm like, okay, you need to get away from processed foods to help lower inflammation, but you got to pick and choose your battles sometime. Like we were just talking about before the show, like, yeah, like, of course I have the same 24 hours in the day that I did a few years ago, but you know what? Like now my day consists of driving four hours back and forth to school. I'm in classes all day. And then when I get home, my son has a ball game or ball practice. I have work because I work from home as well. And then, you know, laundry has to get done. Homework has to be like, there's just, there is no time. And someone actually told me, they're like, well, your priorities are different. And I'm like, I still prioritize my health. I still prioritize movement and nutrition, but I don't have the two hours to go to the gym anymore. So I have to figure out something else in my day. And I don't have the two hours to prep three days worth of meals anymore either, because I mean, I could do it, but then what would I sacrifice my sleep? And I know that I can't sacrifice my sleep above all things because that's when things really start going south for me. <laughs> I totally you know? agree. And like you know, something so, else I've done is smoothies. So yeah, like smoothies I, have helped a lot. That's a breakfast option for me a lot. Same. And like I'll do yeah. that in the morning. So like while I'm unloading the dishwasher, I'll hit go on the smoothie and then I'll quickly yes. unload the dishwasher yes. and yes. take that for my partner and I. But like you know, I wouldn't have necessarily, like, I used to cook elaborate breakfasts and all these things, but yeah. it's interesting when life starts to kick your booty a little bit and you're like, I can't let How my nutrition can I do this? slip. Yeah, I um, have definitely been grabbing more of the salad mixes that have like different things. Yeah, that and a rotisserie chicken, boom, done. Um, I also, um, if I go to Costco, they have these already pre-made taco trays. So it has like the lettuce, um, it has like, sour no it doesn't have sour cream it has like salsa and some kind of crema and cheese and then corn tortillas and then your chicken and then I'm just like boom we're having tacos tonight like it has everything that I need there um there's also a, a at Costco there's a cauliflower crust veggie pizza that I just I keep those in the freezer all the time and uh okay this is just turning into a Costco haul um there are the I think veggies we need a YouTube great. video 
of I know. you doing a Costco haul. We could just, yeah, you know, like, like put it all up there. But have you ever, do you ever use the veggies made great brand that has like these little egg frittatas that have like kale and spinach and stuff in it. And then they make muffins that are either like blueberry or chocolate or like this time of the year, I think they're apple cinnamon and cranberry orange, but they have zucchini and carrots in it. So I'm like, at least it's veggie. Like, Hey, like, <laughs> But there have been times like where you like I've had to grab like this morning, I grabbed a banana and a handful of nuts and was like, let's let's rock and roll like this is what I can do right now. Um, I feel like breakfast is usually fairly easy. The lunches and the dinners tend to be the hardest. Um, so the those options that I just named off have been super helpful. Um, tuna packs. I've used I've used a lot of tuna packs and um, even on like rice cakes as well. Like I'll put tuna on there, but then I put olive oil and like lemon and capers and kind of like dress it up a little bit with some everything, but the bagel seasoning that can be really helpful. Um, the little 90 second grain bags that you pop in the microwave, those are my best friend right now. Cause you can literally take a, the rotisserie chickens are my best friend right now too. Cause you could take your rotisserie chicken you can get the little 90 second uh, rice or whatever grain quinoa and then your bag frozen veggies and you're done. Throw some kind of, you know, coconut aminos or whatever on it and seasoning and you're good to go. We've um, become a rice yeah. and beans family. Like we uh, love yeah. good rice and beans because it's affordable, it's nutritious. And then I'll just do some, like I'll cut up like bell pepper to have it with it to help with the iron absorption. Mm -hmm. Like it's, that's kind of, I would say we have rice and beans twice a week with a veggie on the side, like broccoli or something that's easy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I feel like that's what I've done. And then this week I did have like a little bit more time. So I just cut up a, like every veggie that I wanted that I saw at the store that was like, Hey, I want to do this and just threw it on the grill with some chicken. And so then it was like literally all done. <laughs> do you ever have those nights where you look in the fridge? It's usually on a Wednesday or Thursday. And I'm like, okay, I have all these veggies and I'm like a big no wasting food. So like, so you're just making this weird veggie thing. What can I do with this? And my yes. husband is so good at it. Like he'll yeah. just look in the fridge and he'll whip up this like amazing meal. And it's yeah. so funny because I'm like, well, all right. We used all the veggies in our fridge yeah. and we're good to go now. Like this is such a weird combo, but it works. And uh, my husband's all, he's like, I don't understand how you come up with this stuff. <laughs> But another thing that I have done that has been helpful if it's within your budget, um, I've kind of went back to using Sun Basket, which is like a more Mediterranean style of food delivery service. And what I really like about Sun Basket is, of course, they have like the you can prepare like it has everything to prepare a meal, but they have what I call take and bake. So um, like it might be a shrimp paella that I just put in the oven and once it's warmed up, it's ready to go. So I didn't have to prepare anything. Um, they also have uh, different types of like fish or chicken uh, pork tacos that you just assemble and go, but you know that you're getting in protein, fat and, and your veggies. And so that has been super helpful. And then just making sure that I have plenty of produce because I feel like, um, I'm more likely to grab an apple or some type of fruit uh, versus a vegetable, but at least it's some fiber that I have available and then buying some of those things frozen. Because one thing I was noticing the first uh, month of this semester is I would get ambitious and I would be like, oh, I'm going to cook this vegetable with this meal and this vegetable with that meal. And then throughout the week, I got super busy. 
I didn't have time to cook and then it, it ruined, it spoiled. And I just was wasting all these vegetables. So now I'm doing a lot more like frozen um, bag things. And, you know, they're, they have the same nutrients. <laughs> they're, they're, they're just as healthy. I'm a big believer in frozen fruits and veggies because they're actually picked and flash frozen at like peak ripeness, which right. sometimes you can actually get more nutrition out of than something that's fresh. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, so I hope that's really helpful. And just like understand that even us being nutrition professionals, like we don't always have it all together. And sometimes like you can start slowly, like thinking into these habits that aren't your like usual norm and your body starts telling you like, Hey, like you said, your eczema returned. I started having IBS issues again. And it was like, Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Like we got to figure this out, but it may not be what you typically consider ideal, but Hey, like cut yourself a break. If you're getting in protein, fat and fiber, and, and you're able to like also accommodate the rest of your life, you're doing a good job. (laughs) I totally agree. And I feel like that is a perfect place to like wrap up and end. Thank you so much for coming on and taking the time. I know you're so busy right now, like sharing with us. Um, Thanks for hanging out. Yes. Thank you.